Hi, everybody. If you're here, tell me you're here. If you have questions, shoot them in the comments because I can actually see it right now. I can't see, however, what I posted, and so I'm going to try to remember because sometimes I get on these and then I've got, I get um, inspired to talk about something a little bit different. But I really want to talk about a couple things right now that have been like very, very common in our practice. And um, a, the top one is going to be a common question that I get from doctors when they send me cases. And I've got, I had this particular question three times just over the last weekend in private messages from doctors. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole case review. Um, but I, on this one case, although I've asked the permission of the doctor who sent this one in, if I can, and so if he says yes, which I'm sure he will, then I'm going to give you the whole breakdown maybe tomorrow or whenever he gets back to me on this particular case of a kid who is 17 months and kind of stuck at about the 10 month milestones, if you will, um, and how to know like what's happening there and what to do and what to look for, um. And that's really important. But the first thing I want to talk about is is really, it's kind of a broad stroke on this particular doctor's question that I got today, which is, um, in, and it pertains, we'll talk about language development today, but um, you can really apply this to any part of the of, of developmental hierarchy or the milestones that we learn. And it's a little bit of a different way to look at things, but I think um, a lot of you, a lot of us probably already look at at development this way as chiropractors, but we limit it kind of to the movement realm and not so much um, beyond that to cognition and behavior and verbalization and language development. And so that is, you know, you have a patient that comes to you and you see that maybe they're missing some milestones, maybe they're not crawling, maybe they're not sitting, maybe they're not walking, maybe they're not, you know, they're they're avoiding tummy time or they won't hold their head up. And in the movement realm, we can see like, hey, this is a problem. We, you know, in the chiropractic lane, we do our chiropractic assessment. We look for, hey, is there any reason? Is there any um, movement restriction causing potential disaffrontation, causing a perceptual change in where the brain knows the body is? in space, you know, what's happening and being able to kind of break that down. That's not, that doesn't necessarily all go together, but it kind of does. It's like this cascade. Um, so, I mean, it does go together, but is it always there? So we, we break that down in the focus seminars based on looking at the eight hierarchies of brain development and really taking the complexity of this and boiling it down. Now, in chiropractic, in our profession, we're really good at, um, for the most part, looking at movement development and looking at movement milestones. Like if a baby is not rolling over or holding their head up or crawling or they skip crawling and they go right to walking or you take a history of somebody, a nine-year-old hyperactive child who skipped crawling. As chiropractors, that's kind of our lane. That's what we do. We're like, oh, well, that wasn't good to skip crawling. We need crawling to be the appropriate foundational appropriate foundational step neurologically to build that brain appropriately to be as efficient as possible moving forward. So we kind of get that. And then some people really get it. And they're looking at primitive reflexes and cross crawl patterns and, you know, gross motor and fine motor and eye movements. And that's great kind of across the board. But sometimes where we miss it is this. This is a super common question I get is, well, here's this case. Here's this child. And they're giving me the whole breakdown. And obviously there's a lot of pieces that we could dig into. But one of the things I get all the time is, and they're not talking. Okay. Um, so maybe it's a three-year-old and they're not talking. Maybe it's a two-year-old and they're not talking. And, and so we're talking there about they're not engaging in 
um, expressive language in a sophisticated way yet. Okay, so the question is always like, what do I do? Is what's happening? My question back is always about the, the trajectory or the order of development. My question back, one, I have questions up to that point about their movement development and when we learn the hierarchies, infantile movement, movement touch, auditory, verbal, and visualization, it becomes really easy because we have this roadmap on how to take a proper case history, get the right clues to know where to go, what to do, do we need to work with somebody else? But in the language realm, which there's a whole hierarchy in language development, guys, that comes off of auditory verbalization. And it starts with gesture, and then it moves into receptive language. Receptive language comes before expressive language, which comes before reading ability, which comes before writing abilities. Dr. Skip, that's right. So my question is always, listen, whatever case somebody's presenting with me, I look at the trajectory or the order of development and I just go one step back. And I wanna know, I wanna get a complete picture of what's happening. So, okay, five-year-old, three-year-old, two-year-old, not engaging in expressive language in a sophisticated way yet, not talking. Do they understand, did the, does the child seem to understand what somebody else is, what mom, first of all, is saying to them? Okay, how about what other people are saying to them? Start with mom, and there's a reason for that. And then how about what other people, when you are engaging, if you say, like, get that block, do they know, do, are they participating in and engaging in and attending to receptive language? See, it's not just about are we hitting the milestones and developing the skills and tools based on the architecture of, the, of their developing brain. It's not just are we hitting them at a certain age. It's are we hitting them in the right order? Boom, that's right. In the right order. So I asked this doctor and I've asked, met three people in the last couple days that had language questions. Are they participating in seeming to be receptive language? Are they, do they seem to understand what's being said to them? Okay, um, we have to answer that question first and then we have to go back and ask the appropriate questions in the movement realm and then the primitive reflex realm and then look at stress response. We have to put the whole picture together and we have to be able to look at it in order, not just timing, order. See, when we look at just timing, like this kid should be talking at this age milestone, then we're looking at a deficit. If they're not talking at this age, then it's because they have a mysterious brain thing. Okay, could they? Could there be some sort of pathology? Yeah, we have to know how to take a proper case history, have appropriate exam, and know how to co-manage and, and, and build a team. Sure, could there be? Yes, doctors, we have to take appropriate exams. We teach you how to do that. But it's not just about, oh, they have a deficit. It's, well, what's up? what else is going on here? What's built us up to this stage? And ask the appropriate questions. We have to be able to, one, have a big picture to go hold apart so we're not shifting a deficit model. And we have to know what the trajectory of development is based on all we know about brain development. And then let that guide us. Then we can be very informed and specific in our case history, in our exam, in our managing expectations, setting appropriate goals, knowing if we're making appropriate progress or if we need to get someone else on board with us, with us. 
And so this is really important. So I wanted to just talk on that for a minute. Um, the other thing I want to talk about today, if I remember what I wrote in there, is something that everybody should be, you should all be watching for right now in your practices. And that is the, and in your families and in yourself, it is this, look, there is stress moving into transition, like everything shut down, life changed, no more school, abruptly, all this stuff happened, we're home, we're doing this, we've been talking all about this, we've been talking all about how to support your parents, how to support you, how to support the kids, how to understand deflections, how to know how to connect, how to know, you know, tips on learning and all of that. Now things are starting to open up a little bit in some areas, um, but they're going to as we go. There, we're, kids are going to start to see other kids again. Kids are going to start to play. Um, and if you didn't do that with your kids, your patients did. So you have to understand this. They're going to start to re-engage in different ways. Might not be at school because most of the schools are closed, but it's in different ways. They're going to start to be able to go to the playground. They're going to start to be able to go to the park. They're going to be able to participate in this way that is now outside of what they have set up and learn to understand and predict and control inside their home and their family unit or the few people that they've been exposed to and interacting with and connected with over the last six to eight weeks even though this is super exciting and our kids want to play with other kids and they want to see their best friend and they want to go to the park i want you to know and you should be pre-framing and helping your practice members prepare for this so they don't think there's something wrong with their kids or they're not it doesn't stress them out but they expect it you should be saying look like look this is a transition too. Now your child's gonna be having to re-engage and learn some of those skills. It doesn't matter the age, we have to do this. Ourselves as adults, re-engage and kind of play that social dance where we have to learn how to do this connection again. And so I want you to expect that even though they're excited to go to the playground, you may see some really big behaviors. You may see some defiant behaviors. You may see some really big meltdowns emotionally um, of things that don't seem like that big and wouldn't have been that that big I want you to know like and prepare your practice members that's okay that's actually expected that's totally normal and we doesn't mean we want to retreat doesn't mean we necessarily want to um, just punish those behaviors and think of them as just a bad behavior we want to use them as a window to the brain to understand and we want to maybe have a little more grace in our connection and our learning and and advocating and walking our kids through this transition back into socialization <laughs> which is a weird thing to say but it's true and so you need to I highly recommend this is what we're doing Highly recommend you prepare yourself, your kids, your practice members for this transition. Doesn't mean it's going to be forever, but it is something that I think is very, very overlooked and will catch people, um, you know, off guard. And one of the things that you could see in your practice is, hey, I don't get it. I've been coming in so frequently, more frequently, because you've taught me about stress and adapting to stress. And now my kid's back doing these things and they're like having sleep issues and they're having emotional meltdowns with kids on the playground and my, and my kid hit another kid and he hasn't done that in a year. I just want you to know it's it makes sense and you need to preframe this. You need to you need to help your practice members and parents kind of predict this, prepare for it. Hope it's not as big as what we think, but just eh, eh, I expect this. This is what makes sense when we look at the brain and we just want to help them adapt through this time. What do we do chiropractors? We help people adapt. Okay. Lots more to say, but I wanted to talk about those two topics today. Um, I hope everybody is doing great. I hope everybody is healthy and happy and adapting, and we'll talk to you soon.